Very nice. Howdy, howdy, y'all. This is Andy King from King's Comics and uh, joined by my man, SPC, co-host of the Talk of Wolverine Alive. And we have a very special guest today, AJ from AJ Reacts. And uh, welcome to the show. I guess we'll start with some general introductions. Like I said, I'm Andy King from King's Comics. SPC is from the Midwest Cantina podcast. And AJ, give us an intro. Who are you, man? I am AJ of AJ Reacts 2, and I basically talk movies, music, TV, snacks, all kinds of stuff like that. So if you're into that uh, kind of content, come check me out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, Twitch. I got all of it. It's AJ Reacts 2 all across the board, all one word. Love it. Happy to have you, man. Thank you for joining. Yes, sir. I'm excited. So before we delve into the episode, um, uh, guys, how are we doing today? How's everyone feeling? I'm good. A little tired, but I'm good. I'm ready to uh, get into the Foundling yes, episode. Sir. What four? Yeah, yeah. We are uh, we are halfway through the series now, so uh, no going back. We are crossing the Rubicon. Sheesh. So everyone's feeling good. Everyone's feeling great. So I'm uh, AJ. Now I want to ask you a question. Uh, Tell, about, tell us about like your Star Wars fandom. Like, how did you get into Star Wars, man? Just since you're like new to the podcast. Okay, so. It's kind of funny. Don't make fun of me, but I didn't get into Star Wars until The Force Awakens came out. I think Austin really? knows. Um, and yeah, so like when Force Awakens came out, I was like, okay, let me sit down and watch all of these movies that you know were already previously out. So I started in release order with A New Hope. Um, went through that trilogy, then went through um, the prequel trilogy, and I loved it. I fell in love, and um, it became a Star Wars fan, hardcore. Um, and obviously, I saw The Force Awakens, uh, Last Jedi, and uh, Rise of Skywalker in theaters, as well as uh, Solo and Rogue One, and, um, you know, watching watched all the the series I, i'm a fan man um okay Full I, I do want to i do want to get more into the novels um but you know i haven't gotten there yet but i do enjoy all the live action stuff i haven't gotten into clone wars and okay. bad batch and stuff like that so um bear with me with that kind of stuff but because i know some of these characters are from the animated yes. series so like i don't know like their lore and things like that um and their backstory but i'm i'm looking to learn i'm looking to learn more stuff about it all right so uh now i'm interested what are your like i know let's say top three what are your top three star wars movies <sighs> it's <laughs> it's a little unconventional but um a new hope is my number one Okay, that's good. Um, that's I good love there. A New Hope. Um, and then it's going to be Force Awakens as number two. Okay. And then my number three is, is going to be uh, a little interesting. Most folks won't agree, but it's going to be Rogue One, man. Yes! I, lo I love Rogue One. Yes! I love that film. I didn't quite love it when I first watched it, but yep. upon rewatches and then seeing it again in the theater when they re-released it before Andor, I I fell in love again with it, man. So um, those are my top three. I love it. Um, SPC knows me. Austin knows me and knows that uh, Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars. And this real, real hot take. So, uh, Rogue One is my favorite 
Star Wars movie of all time because it shows a side to the Star Wars universe we don't like much get to see. We talk about Jedi and Sith, but we don't really get to see a lot of the force sensitive people mm-hmm. who are like trying and just, you know, the people who are working undercover to make things happen. So I am ecstatic to see Rogue One in yeah. someone's top three. Let's go. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of people get on me about not having Empire in that top three, and it's right at number four. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. right there. Um, but yeah, that's my top three. I love it. So, uh, Austin, I think now is the time where um, uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into our initial non-spoiler takes. So, spoiler-free takes on episode four of Mandalorian, The Foundling. So, we start with that, and then we'll go into our spoiler takes. But uh, right now, you have the opportunity to hear our initial thoughts. Austin, why don't you kick us off? Without spoilers, what did you think about this episode, man? You know... I mean, for me, it was a really good episode, but I don't know. There's just, there's something about it. I just, I didn't dig. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know why I'm getting a lot of Book of Boba Fett vibes from these last two episodes for me. Oh, wow. That's not great. Like I, I'm guessing I, you, you guys didn't care for Book of Boba Fett. Wait, actually, we should probably level the playing field. How did you, AJ? How did you feel about Book of Boba Fett? I did. I, I didn't care for it. At that oh, point. thank you. So, okay, yeah. so yeah, so yeah. But I just, you know, was trying to get a, a understanding. When you said uh, got Book of Boba Fett vibes, I wanted to make sure it was a good thing or a bad thing. You know, hundred uh, percent. Book of Boba is like a six, like six and a half for me. I mean, yeah. it's. I agree. It, not fantastic, but it's. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen in Star Wars so far. But true, I think it's good popcorn Star Wars. Like I think a buddy of mine has yeah. like Taco Bell or popcorn movies. It's like mm. you can you can put it on and you'll be fine. You know what I mean? It's like it's good to like just put on in the background or watch. But I'm not necessarily tuning in for Boba Fett, sadly. Um, yeah, but I that's an interesting take, Austin. I okay. I think in, we're going to kind of tear into that more in the spoiler section, maybe because yeah. I feel like I know where you might be coming from after watching this episode. Uh, what else you got? I mean, it was, again, it was still a good episode. I did enjoy everything I saw. I thought it was, for the most part, paced pretty well. Okay. But I, I, I would definitely just say I think this might be, besides a certain part, which, of course, we'll get mm-hmm. into the spoiler part, I, I think this might be the weakest episode for me personally right now. Wow. Uh, this season i i was okay, i really okay. leaned towards last week's episode with uh dr pershing like i i but after really thinking about everything we were talking about and getting brandon's takes and everything i'm i had a little bit more appreciation for it but yeah um that's my hot take for uh this week so far so blazing yeah. take like roasted to holy <laughs> Crap. Volcanic. Um, Volcanic take. (laughs) Uh, I'm kind of scared. AJ, I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to you. What did you think? Non-spoiler thoughts. So non-spoiler, non-spoiler. Last week was pretty rough for me. Um, Dr. Person episode? Yes, the episode three. Episode three. um, It. I felt like... the the idea was there the vision was there mm-hmm. and the this in concept it's a pretty interesting um 
it, it was a pretty interesting story, a pretty interesting, you know, take on what they were, you know, trying to portray. But the execution okay. um, of the episode was not uh, gripping to me. And it wasn't, you know, really, it, it, it didn't grab me um, in a mm. lot of areas. So coming off of that episode... I was looking forward to something, you know, a little bit more action packed, not saying that everything, you know, Mandalorian has to be action. It doesn't have to be, you know, like that, but Mm -hmm. um, something more engaging. um, I was looking forward to for this episode. And personally, I got that. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought um, I, I I was interested in what they were doing with Grogu. Okay. um, And I was interesting, interested in, you know, what they, (laughs) I'm trying to do no spoilers. You're but, good, you're good. Uh, <laughs> I, I was interested on the mission, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And I put up my, my score um, online, and I kind of got, you know, attacked in my DMs a little bit. <laughs> oh, this was filler. Oh, this is has nothing to do with what, you know, we are trying to, you know, accomplish oh, no. in the long run. Oh, and I'm no, like, Star Wars fans are going after someone who doesn't share the same opinion. This has never happened before. (laughs) No, we don't do that. But I kind of understand where they're coming from. Once I took a step back and looked at the episode, it did feel a little filler um, in in some ways. But I I like the direction that it went, personally. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. those are my non-spoiler takes. I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I uh, I guess I'll circle back around to me. I I per- I personally loved this episode. I I've, I've vocalized a lot that I love streaming formats, not like not like binge drops, right? I like it when it's weekly, so you have something to look forward to. But I like the streaming format about not having to worry about ads. Uh, so you tell or commercials, so you tell as much of a story with your time that you have to. You're not like constraining yourself. You just if you have a story that's thirty minutes. You pack it into 30 minutes. Not too long, not too short. Good time, not a long time. And I think this episode delivered well with the amount of time that was allotted to it. Right, is I thought we got a lot of story develop, story and character development even out of 30 minutes, which I would say arguably, at least in past seasons, we haven't gotten out of some episodes that have been 45, min- 45 to 50 minutes. And actually, I'd argue like with the Boba Fett comparison, I feel like with Boba Fett, we didn't even get that much character development in like the six episodes that were Boba Fett episodes. Um, and then the two that were, you know, that were a Mandalorian episodes. So <laughs> I, I like the, it might, I think this is my highest, this is, a, I feel like this is now sounding like a divisive episode, which is interesting because I really love this episode. Um, so I guess, I don't know. Do we want to, Oh, holy crap. Do we, do we just want to turn to spoilers right now? Because I feel like I feel like we've got a lot we need to talk about on a spoiler level or because we can talk about like kind of the structure of the episode. But uh, everyone out there, this is your last chance. I'm giving you one last chance to turn away if you don't want to hear moderate to severe spoilers. So three, two, one. Guys, let's break it down. Austin, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> oh, Get him! Get him! Get him! Get him! Yeah! Wow! 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 I didn't even got my saber over here to protect myself. Um, Grogu! Grogu! Get him! Right behind you! Yeah! Help me here, dude! Come on! 
I always try to say I'm not that big of a Star Wars fan. And I try to say if I am, I'm not part of the toxic part of the fan base, but <laughs> this is my one. This is my one shot. Like this is the one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so my biggest thing, like even just focusing on the last the first three episodes we got of the season. I mean, we were obviously, of course, teased that, you know, we were going to see Grogu and Mando go to Mandalore and, you know, him redeem himself. And we got that in the first two episodes. Okay. So now it's just kind of more of like where the series is going. I'm still intrigued where we're going because obviously, you know, I've given my thoughts of where we're eventually going to head. But uh, I I honestly would have to just agree. This to me personally feels more like a filler episode. While we Mm. do get more background on Grogu finally, we finally get to know what happened during order 66 who mm-hmm. saved him of course everybody's had their theories of who saved grogu and i mean i enjoyed that because i've been that's the biggest thing i say disney has done like top three best things they've done since they have taken over star wars is expand on order 66 instead of yes. just giving us you know anakin slash darth vader mm-hmm. yoda obi-wan getting their perspective now we've got multiples we've got Ahsoka's version of the story. We have Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. We have Grogu. I mean, there's so many different perspectives we now have on Order 66. So mm-hmm. that whole sequence I like, but not that it's even bothered me either, but this did not feel like a Mando episode because okay. obviously we talked about that earlier, though, how it does feel like maybe some other people should get their time to shine, especially Boba, mm-hmm. if he's going to be in this season, because, again, two full episodes of The Mandalorian in uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, that's... Okay. It's kind of where I'm at. I just... I want to know where we're going, but I want to get there a little faster, and... Mm-hmm. I, I just... Yeah, that's all I got for right now. Interesting. AJ, where's your head at on this? <laughs> I can... With, with some of the things that Austin was saying there, yeah. I can agree. I feel like the first two seasons of this series had a strong plot. Mm-hmm. They We knew where we were going to end up. After season two, that finale of season two, and Grogu... or um, Luke takes Grogu. Mm-hmm. We okay, we're like, yeah, emotional, but we we it kind of felt finite in a way, um, to Grogu and Din's journey. Yes, then we got those two episodes or certain amount of episodes in Boba Fett, yeah, yeah. um, and you know, now we're kind of back at square one in a way. And it's kind of floating. The ideas are kind of floating. We don't know exactly where, you know, Grogu and Din are headed. We don't know really what direction the season is going. That's why I feel like the first, the first, well, basically all four of these episodes have been kind of like, what, what is actually happening? Yeah, like, what yeah. are we doing? I get the whole thing with, washing you know himself in the the waters of mandalore and stuff like that um and that like uh austin said that was covered Mm -hmm. um in episode three 
you know, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's get it going. Let's get, you know, a, a strong plot going for this season. And we're halfway through the season and we're, we still don't know <laughs> what, what exactly the end goal is and where we're going to end up in the end game. So um, I get that. I understand where he's coming from with that. Um, but as far as um, how I felt about the overall episode, I, okay. I do like the direction they've went with Grogu, like I said, in the non-spoiler section, where he is training to be a Mandalorian. Yes. Where it's it's um, interesting because I didn't really know that that was what mm-hmm. was going to happen. Um, he, you know, he was training to be a Jedi with Luke and now yeah. he, he had the choice to go with, uh, Din and now, you know, he, we're on that journey. We see him yeah. kind of basically being mentored. Uh, mm-hmm. the animatronics are killing me, you know, when he does it <laughs> yeah, yeah. and stuff well, like that. I, I think that's funny where you get into how high quality, like the Mandalorian has been in comparison yes. to other Disney plus series. Mm-hmm. And Grogu works as a puppet yes. when he's perceived as like a child or a baby. Mm-hmm. But now this is potentially pro- you, you put that up. I kind of didn't want to say anything. <laughs> that's that, that, I, I, I have a love hate relationship. This can sound weird. I got a love hate relationship with that scene, like the dueling scene. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I, and I agree. I, I didn't come to like watch a baby Grogu doll flip like the Toys R Us doll like flip through the air three times. You know? <laughs> But, but I do like the concept that like while they're dueling, they're not dismissing his ability to use the force. No, yeah. it's not like you cheated. It's like that's on the table because that's something you can use. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I like that part. Uh, sorry to interject. No, it's no, it's fine. Um, so I I do um like that aspect of you know um Grogu and the direction they're taking with him. Um. As far as the flashback and the mm-hmm. Order sixty six stuff, I loved all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, but this might be the first flashback we have gotten in the Mandalorian. Is the, it? Well, we've had, we've had like, kind of like, inter. I think we've had interspersed shots like where things are like happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like things are already like in media rest, right? Like things are already in progress, okay. but it's kind of like a snapshot. But this was yeah, but this was like a full-on flashback. Maybe. I don't but, know if this was the first one, but yeah. it's the first one I remember in a mm-hmm. while. If we haven't had it, uh, yeah. or if we have had it, um, we've had uh, Mando's. We've had Mando's in season one. Oh, in season but yeah, one. For, okay. But yeah, for Grogu, yeah, this is the first like legit full-on mm-hmm. like sequence flashback yeah. we've gotten in the show. That and is I enjoyed I, that. that. That actually, that is something I enjoyed is it retains this theme they have where like while the armor is crafting armor we see like flashbacks and insights into things in their past because that's what happened with like mando you know mando in season one as his armor's been crafted he's like taken back to his past and it's almost like a smelting process like the armor is describing it right no. like where these things are coming to the surface and they're being refined so i yeah. i like i like the flashback um yeah um, as far as the mission that w- they went on um, mm-hmm. with uh, the, young, and, uh, the young, yeah, the young Mandalorian getting swept up by the uh, pterodactyl Ragnar, 
Yeah, Ragnar Bissel. Uh, Ragnar. Ragnar Bissel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I didn't I didn't know the creature's name. Sorry. Um but, oh, no, the, yeah. no, Ragnar, <laughs> Ragnar, my bad. Ragnar was a kid. Uh awesome. What were the creatures? They're like oh, hawk raptors or raptor hawks or something. Uh oh. <sighs> um, I'll get back to you on that. I'm gonna yeah. go I was gonna so, say thank you. I appreciate that. So um, um yeah. yeah, the whole the whole mission throughout the episode. Um, while pretty intriguing, this is the moment it felt like a, a little filler. Um, because yes. yes, because it's just you know, it's just another mission, just not really a whole lot of development there. Um, with yeah. characters, some there is some, but not a whole lot. So, um, that's yeah. where I can kind of agree, but. I had a good time with it. That's the thing. Like I had a fun time with it. And the episode, like you were saying, um, Andrew, um, the, the episode was not like stretched out. I, I felt like it was well, pretty well paced. And mm -hmm. the episode was about 30 minutes long, 35. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I felt like they, they used that time well and it made it pretty enjoyable for me. Agreed. Um, yeah. I mean, are, I... uh huh. I was gonna say I see, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that, but I'm gonna backpedal and say that I I see where Austin's coming from because what we got with the Book of Boba Fett, and it's the problem I said I have with like some of the uh, some of the other series, right? Like Disney Plus series is when you stop watching it for the titular character, like the eponymous character, right? Like when you're watching Obi Wan and you want to see Darth Vader, or you're watching Boba Fett and you want to see mando mm -hmm. like so now we have this episode and the last episode where you're kind of like being injected with watching bo katan's kind of side arc and positive yeah. side arc as well as uh as well as in the last episode where we have Elia kane and uh dr Pershing doing their 1984 little tidbit thing mm -hmm. yeah uh, i was just gonna say that was those are my spoiler filled thoughts on the episode mm -hmm. um but overall, very enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. um, a huge step up from last week as far as enjoyment is concerned. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I, here's the thing. I liked last week's episode, but I kind of like, I don't know if non sequitur or some crap is like the word I'm going for. You know, like I like this kind of concept of getting like grander Star Wars um, side stories injected into the series mm -hmm. because it's not trying to force it into intertwining it into what's going on. I feel like there is a long con that's going to pay off with them. I mean, okay, I'm going to say the way that the way that I put it is like I'm hopefully optimistic that the stuff we're seeing is going to pay off like in the next four episodes. So I think that's why I view it in maybe a better light than some. As far as episode three is concerned, is that what um, you mean? As far as episode three and four, right? Because yeah, uh, at the end of this episode, we get uh, two things that I found really shocking, right? Like at the end of episode four, we get. Bo-Katan, like, um, taking the myth of, well, one, I thought it was so cool that the armor, I've got a, uh, the armor is one of my favorite characters, by the way, AJ, um, so we're, we're gonna get that out of the way. for her. Yeah, I, I don't know how, I didn't know it was possible to thirst trap for someone in full armor, um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess technically that's like, this is the way, like, that's what Mandalorians kind of have to do, so... <laughs> So, um, uh, yeah, I, I say that because I always enjoy the tidbits with the armor because it reveals more and more lore and it shows how 
subtly complex her personality is. Mm -hmm. Like when Bo-Katan is like, can I adopt the Mythosaur? Like, can I have one with the Night Owl, one pauldron with the Night Owl? Can I have one with the Mythosaur? And then the, I was like worried about what the armor was going to say. But then she's like, you know, the Mythosaur is the right of every Mandalorian. And I'm like, that's cool as heck. Mm -hmm. But then, but then Bo-Katan's like, oh, I straight up saw one of these things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it wasn't a vision. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then, and then the armor is like kind of subtly calling her loony. (laughs) Like, yeah, basically. Like the most passive aggressive thing in the world is Mm -hmm. like, yeah, people see visions all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, no, I, I saw one. It's like, yeah, no, uh, Mandal, you know, the living waters show people stuff all the time. It's like, It's like talking Basically, to your no friend. You yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, maybe, maybe she's just trying to hide it. Like, no, you didn't. Shut up. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's what's interesting, right? Is this the perspective of someone who accepts the mythosaur as like a myth, you know, like legitimately a myth, like the, uh, like the armor, or is this kind of a potential revelation into how much she believes in the Mandalorian creed? And I think that scares me a little bit, honestly. It's like, is she using it as a method of control or is she actually like full sand, like believing in her creed? Because that's what I thought. But I don't know. I'm, I think I'm it's, chronically online and overly thinking stuff. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell with her. It really is. Oh, that's, we also, one, that, that's one reason why her character is, is so great. Yes. You don't really know what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it keeps keeps you on your toes, basically. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, <clears throat> we've got a uh, we've got a comment from Swiffer Wetjet. Thanks for the return. And he says, "W live, let's go." That's right, Swiffer. Let's freaking go, man. So that is, yeah. I think it's also interesting. What I like is that there's not inner turmoil in the Mandalorians, and I hope it stays that way. Like I haven't watched I haven't watched all of the Clone Wars, but it feels like after the glassing of Mandalore, right, there was like a lot of internal like struggle within the Mandalorians, especially because of Bo-Katan. So I don't know, what do y'all, what do y'all think about like kind of the interactions we saw in this episode? You can go first. Uh, <laughs> um, like I said, I haven't seen Clone Wars, so I don't know much mm-hmm. about um, the backstory or what hasn't been shown in, you know, um, this series or Boba Fett. Um, but as far as this group of Mandalorians, I, I feel like they have good chemistry, great chemistry, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, they have each other's backs for the most mm-hmm. part. And um, I think Bo Katan is, she has that internal struggle um, with the, their traditions and things yeah. like that. She still has. I believe that she, I definitely believe that she still has the dark saber, you know, in the back of her mind. She still wants to obtain that. Um, but she also, you know, lost everything. Hmm. So it's kind of complex there where, you know, she wants to feel part of something and mm-hmm. a family. But also, you know, she has her own ways of thinking that are not you know, traditional Mandalorian, you know, thoughts. So, yeah, you know, I, I, that's that internal struggle there. And I love that. So 
um, her interactions are going to be, uh, they're, they're going to be accordingly to that, you know? So mm. I, um, I, I enjoy seeing that each week from, uh, from her. Actually. So that's the follow-up. Well, uh, Austin, you want, do you want to give any input before I ask a follow-up question? I, I definitely agree with AJ. I, I definitely feel like she was more like next to Grogu. She was more like mm-hmm. the center of this week's story. Yeah. Because, I mean, she is fitting in now with these Mandalorians because now, you know, she's she's devising plans. I mean, they let her sit at the fire and that... take the helmet off and everything. Like, that, that right there is a show of respect, especially for her family because... That was one of my favorite... Uh... That little like nuances was uh mm-hmm. it seemed like Paz Vizsla like Paz was like a little like iffy on her at the end of, of uh, episode three, mm-hmm. but he's the one who like straight up says you're the leader of the war party. So I think that or mm-hmm. I, I thought that was I, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a Mandalorian. I'm coming around to. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we didn't know a lot about him in the first season when we first see him. The only thing we know right. is he's part of Clan Vizsla, which. Mm-hmm. Little minor spoilers for you, AJ, but it's not going to ruin your experience. Um, okay. He's a part of uh, probably one of the more higher Mandalorian families because his great ancestor, Tar Bizla, mm-hmm. was the first Mandalorian Jedi. Okay. The, the one who created the Darksaber for Mandalore and all that. So I, I definitely like how he's still a part of that legacy of Clan mm-hmm. And I do like that he did give Bo, you know, that amount of respect and how they're letting her, you know, even though she doesn't have the Darksaber, they're still following her lead. So essentially she still has like that. Yeah. How you really want to word it. She still has that sense of power where she doesn't physically need the Darksaber, but she still has the leader power. This is gonna sound like a this is gonna sound like a super dumb thing, right? But I feel like okay, this is gonna get super corporate. Please forgive me. I feel, I feel like there's a difference between like managers and like authority versus like actual leaders. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I feel like in this, we are starting to realize that the the dark saber is more of a signet, and like these blood lineages are a signal or a sign of authority, right? Mm. Or like management like people who like automatically have the power are in charge because they're in charge mm-hmm. versus label. like yeah versus like some yeah, exactly the label right the title of the versus someone who actually takes initiative mm-hmm. like Bo-Katan goes out of her way like and this is super interesting right Bo-Katan goes out of her way to save the child of someone's house or clan who technically operates against her grander scheme like, like Austin, right? Like, if we're talking about the Vizsla lineage, right? We're we're saying, okay, they're the they're the original owners of the dark saber. Mm-hmm. So, Bo-Katan working to pretty much keep that lineage going is kind of counterintuitive to her wanting the dark saber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's that internal struggle. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, she took it upon herself to um, lead them to the child and. Mm. It, you know, it worked out. So I guess that sl- slightly goes into my next question. Mm-hmm. 
Do y'all feel like this episode is starting to become more of a Bo-Katan season? I mean, this season is starting to become more of a Bo-Katan season versus like more of a Din Djarin season. You know what I mean? Like, is the is the focus starting to shift? What do y'all think? I feel like now, I mean, because essentially for what's now the third time in the show, mm -hmm. Din's adventures or his story is basically over again. So mm -hmm. now... I feel like now we're getting like true to like the Mandalorian because we don't know what Mandalorian. I mean, we've gotten yeah. Of course, obviously focusing on Bo, focusing a little bit on Paz Vizsla and all the other Mandalorians. I mean, while I don't obviously, I love Din. He, he is yes. one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and I've been enjoying what he does. But I, I am enjoying us getting a little bit more about these other Mandalorians and being able to see how they act or what they're going to go through in their mm -hmm. adventures. I mean, obviously, you know, I still want to see Din be there, do his thing. Still want to see him use that Darksaber once in a while, but mm -hmm. I think now the show truly has... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Learn how to use it. He's had yeah. the thing for two years and he still can't... Yeah. <laughs> But another thing, I, I actually was thinking about it. Weirdly enough, I was thinking about it on the way to my job site last week for work. But uh, how, like, each season has had, like, a different color scheme in the, huh. the openings. The first season was, you know, the wow. iconic orange. And then last season's was blue. I feel like that was somewhat centered around Bo a little bit with her struggles. And now this okay. season is green. Oh. So I feel like maybe John Favreau and Dave Filoni are kind of teasing us. Maybe the show's not truly about this Mandalorian, mm -hmm. but soon to be this Mandalorian. <laughs> That's kind of my theory. I, I think I think the Mandalorian is eventually gonna be Grogu, I think. Mm. He'll follow in line with uh Tar Vizsla being the next and only the second ever Jedi Mandalorian or Mandalorian hey. Jedi. That sounds a lot better. AJ, <laughs> you look like you might have some thoughts. I just, I would, I, I was just processing that. That's a, that's interesting take and it's an interesting thought. Um, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible that that's, that was the goal. Um, if that's the case, mm -hmm. I like what they did with, <clears throat> Um, the episodes of Boba Fett where he yeah. basically Grogu chooses to go uh, with Din Djarin mm -hmm. um, because I, I accept that a lot more if that was the plan all along um, because after the, the finale of season 2 it kind of felt like a little bit of a mess like we don't mm -hmm. really why would we really need more seasons of Mandalorian if that journey uh, yeah. is over um, but if that's if that was a plan the entire time, I, I like that. So that's that's uh, just the wheels that we're turning. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I figured there was some. I figured I honestly did not necessarily expect Grogu to be part of this season, um, or at least from the go. Like maybe he comes in halfway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah, thank you. But maybe he comes in like part way. But I didn't. I didn't necessarily expect him to, let alone to be introduced in a Book of Bo reintroduced in Book of Boba. Mm -hmm. So actually, 
let's go back to the Jedi. Let's go to back to the Jedi portion, right? How do we feel about Jar Jar Binks being in this episode? That's <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty sweet. <laughs> okay, maybe I should clarify. Yeah, for the people listening. Okay, so uh, Ahmed Best, uh, who plays, um, who plays Jar Jar Binks, or was kind of, I guess I, I don't know, lampooned or whatever you want to call it, playing Jar Jar Binks, was a uh, Kalarin Beck, and straight up held it down and saved Grogu. So, what do y'all think about this kind of revelation? I thought the sequence was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the sequence was. I, I like I said, I loved everything with the flashback. Um, but um learning that he was the voice of uh Jar Jar Banks was very interesting and I was like, okay, uh put some some respect on Jar Jar Banks' name yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but um but yeah. Dude, awesome. What are you thinking? Cause like especially you're like, I think you're kind of a deeper rooted Star Wars fan than me and AJ. Not in a bad way, in a, in a good he way. Definitely is. So what are you what are you thinking? Because this is kind of like a decade, several decades long character arc for him almost. Well, I mean, and unfortunately, we 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 gotta get unfortunately a little dark with his background. But obviously, of course, yeah. if you guys don't know uh, Ahmed Best. Obviously, again, as was pointed out, played Jar Jar Binks back in the prequel trilogy. But uh, after Phantom Menace, uh, he, the fans, obviously, very similar to what they've done mm-hmm. recently with people like Kelly Marie Tran and mm-hmm. Daisy Ridley and people like that from the sequels, uh, they lashed out at Ahmed Best. And uh, yeah. he, he went to some pretty dark places. He has yeah. fully come out and admitted that he's tried to do certain things. Mm-hmm. But the fact now that this character he's playing, which ironically enough, he's only playing this made-up character for this thing called the Jedi Challenges that are supposed to be coming yeah, out. The, it's uh, to be, uh, Je- it's like, what's the it game called? show or something? Yeah, it's, it's the, uh, the, the Jedi, Jedi Temple, Temple Challenge. Challenge. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's supposed to be like, oh man, it was on Nickelodeon. What is it called? The Almost like Legends of the Hidden Temple style. There we go. It? Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. Something like that. So the fact that not only is this character, you know, in canon Star Wars now, we now have this character actually being there. I mean, obviously, it's a great redemption for the guy Mm because there has been it's literally like 180 from 20 years ago. Like people are showing this guy such huge love Mm -hmm. for being in the Mandalorian, being the Jedi that has now saved Grogu. Obviously, now that's going to be. A huge part of Grogu's background too, because obviously they both escaped. So, where did they go after this? Are we going to get maybe a spinoff show with Ahmed Best as the lead, being this Jedi with him and Grogu? Mm-hmm. Is he going to get his own centered story in the Mandalorian here? So, I, I loved it. I I might not be the biggest fan of Jar Jar Binks. I've come around to him quite a bit, obviously growing up. Obviously, as a kid, I loved him. He was hilarious, amazing. But I've definitely like how huge a redemption this guy has. The fact that he was willing to come back to Star Wars and be Mm -hmm. in this. Much like, ironically enough, like Daisy Ridley's doing, she's actually considering coming back to play Rey in whether it's going to be a show or coming back in one of the movies. I'm not sure yet. Obviously, we've gotten a lot of 
a lot of news of a lot of movies not happening mm-hmm. and a lot of directors <clears throat> leaving and dropping out, which that's a whole other thing by itself. We'll talk about that another day. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that has been my favorite part of this season and just the the episode in general. The fact okay. that Ahmed Best now, in a weird way, much like Mando, has now redeemed himself. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Now that you put it, redemption is a kind of a huge. Redemption and rebirth are kind of huge themes, maybe, of this series. I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. AJ, what are you thinking? Um, I, I think I, I pretty much said everything. I think I pretty much <laughs> yeah, said everything. No, I was thinking with it, but um, yeah, I think it, it was an awesome sequence. Um, I really enjoyed seeing him, and uh, it'd be cool to see him again. Yeah, um, I wonder if there's a potential of him showing up in I don't know Ahsoka at any point. I know that's like a weird, I know that's like a weird leap of logic, but it's possible. I guess it's like kind of a tangent. I think it's seeing him in this episode is interesting because I think that was kind of what people were expecting at the end of season two was for some like random Jedi to show up and not Luke. Yeah. So this is kind of the opposite, right? Of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was definitely me. I was I was not expecting Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we had lots of theories on who we thought it was going to be. Man, who was in who was in the pool of theories? Uh, I know that we had Luke, Mace Windu. Uh, we had Obi Wan. We had Cal Kestis from Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. We I think you brought up Ezra. Yep, Ezra. Oh man, there were a lot of. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that that pool was starting to get too deep. I there were so many names in that pool. Mm-hmm. Real quick, you mentioned um, Cal Kestis. How would you like to see him in live action? Ooh, I, I'm gonna uh, personally, yes. I personally let's, would. Let's go. <laughs> I would personally love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I know some folks feel like um, keep. You know the games. The games keep the novels, the novels, and keep the you know live action stuff in live action. So I, I just want to know how you guys felt about that. I I would love to see Good Cameron Monahan come to live action because I mean we've gotten people from the animated show. I mm-hmm. mean like Bo-Katan. We've mm-hmm. got her live action played right. by the same person, Katie Sackhoff, who voices her in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I mean, uh depending on what story they would go. I don't know right. if they want to have like, whether it be a show or a book or a comic, have it between fallen order and survivor that's coming out here next month. I mean, yeah, I, I would like to see it. I, I like the actor. Mm-hmm. I liked him in shameless. I liked him in Gotham. So, well, I mean, he's also going to be in a guardians three. He's going to be Adam Warlock. Right. I mean, oh no, it's a, that's a different, Oh, whoops. Uh, okay, my, okay. <laughs> my, my bad. I, I, I'm. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you're thinking of uh, the the son from uh, Where the Millers. Where the Millers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. my bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm back on track. I'm is it bad? It, uh, I can't look. Is it bad? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I mean, no, no, it looks no, fine. No, looks fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam. I think I'm gonna Adam. Wow. Awesome. Adam Warlock. Austin. There you go. Austin, there you go. Austin, I think I'm gonna bounce off of that and say that I am I would not want him introduced, especially during the season, but I don't want him introduced in the Mandalorian. You know, I feel like 
Disney Plus and uh, Lucasfilms has been relying so much on The Mandalorian already for the bulk of uh, addressing a lot of the canonical problems or like a lot of the uh, cleanup after the recent trilogy that it seems like it's just going to be doing too much and make it even less of a uh, Mandela, a Mando story. <laughs> so, because like, you know, get, yeah, getting Ahsoka was fine. Getting Bo-Katan is great. Getting more background on Grogu and everyone is great. But uh, I know I want to see more other, you know, other series where we get other other uh, characters that we're wondering where they fit into the canon. So. I can see know, that. Yeah, I what about you? That. Yeah, what about you, man? Like, I mean, do you want to see Cal? I can I could see Cal Kestis introduced in this series, mm-hmm. but I don't want the bulk of his story yeah. to be told here. Um, but I would love to see Cal. Like I said, I would love to see Cal Kestis in live action. One of my favorite Star Wars characters, especially that's not in live action. So, mm-hmm. um, I played Jedi Fallen Order last year for the first time. Okay. And I could not stop playing it. <laughs> so um, I am very excited for um, Jedi Survivor. Mm. Um, but but yeah, that's that's my take on it. Okay. I think I think yeah, it works best with like kind of references or illusions. Like uh, Thrawn. Thrawn was a huge mm. name drop in season two, mm-hmm. right? But I like that they haven't at least they haven't like shown him on screen or like injected him into the plot. Mm-hmm. Or like his Moff Gideon was already a great antagonist that uh that we got two seasons out of. Yes. So I think the buildup would not and the payoff would not be as great if they just like added Tack Thrawn into the season. So, oh, that brings up a good. What are you oh. saying, Austin? Uh, it needs to be like a good build up to Thrawn. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Which I, I I've been saying for weeks that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe that's where the show is going to go. All these shows coming out are all going to intertwine into like a big end game. Maybe Thrawn's going to be the big yes. Bad. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know much about Thrawn. Like I said, I haven't seen Clone Wars. So, um, but yeah. AJ, what were you going to ask you? I was just gonna say, say, um, I was gonna say, do you guys think that season three is going to have a main antagonist, um, by the end Mm. of the season? Because we're really halfway through and we haven't really been introduced in a to a main antagonist, so you guys have any thoughts on that? And do you need Uh, one? Do we need one? I think Austin, yeah, uh, I've got thoughts. I got a lot of thoughts. Um, I'm trying to summarize them. Austin, what do you, what do you, what's on your, what's, what's on your mind right now? Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to organize what I'm thinking. Personally, I don't think we need yeah. to have an antagonist. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we could get anybody, because mm-hmm. I feel like with. Uh, no, uh, what's her name again from last week, Andy? Oh, uh, Elia Kane. Elia Kane. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I didn't remember her name at all. But you're, you're good. I feel like she's working towards something of maybe getting, um, Moff Gideon out. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I could see Moff Gideon coming back, playing not the villain role, but being a smaller role. Hmm. So I, 
I don't think he would be like the big villain. I don't think we really need one. If you had one just for like a season, okay. I mean, it'd be that's a terrible analogy, but it'd be like Breaking Bad, how every season had like a specific mm-hmm. like a drug lord being. Yeah. Obviously, of course, two seasons, just much like this one for two seasons. We had yep. Gus Fring being our big bad, and exactly. I don't really remember a lot of the fifth season. I only watched the fifth season once, but you have like the gang of the other yeah. guys they work with for a while. Uh, yeah. The cartel and the motorcycle gang and, or bikers, yep. I guess. And yeah. Uh, Todd's Todd's uncle. Yeah. Todd's, Todd's, oh, Todd. gosh. Todd. <laughs> oh, that just made my blood uh, boil thinking about that. <laughs> gosh. Todd. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly think, well, I've been a huge proponent like Austin. I've been a huge uh, supporter of the kind of Avenger style theory where mm-hmm. Thrawn might be built into a bigger antagonist that spans multiple uh, series and like, you know, brings multiple uh, characters together to fight him. I think we might get breadcrumbs dropped to that like show showdown, right? Because we already see that there is someone actively like trying to mess with Bo-Katan, you know, in episode three. So there's clearly someone out there, but we don't know who. And we kind of know that with the with them pers- like trying to reclaim Mandalore, that something is trying to stop them. I don't know. But I think we're maybe going to see them gearing up to face a larger antagonist. But right now they're just like facing like, you know, antagonistic forces, not so much like a big bad. So mm-hmm. I don't think we need a I don't think we need like an antagonist for the series or a bad guy. I think we just need to see them overcome whatever's facing them and start to like build back the Mandalorian culture. I can agree with that. Um my thoughts are I, I do feel like there is a big bad needed, but it can mm-hmm. be an overarching, you know, story mm-hmm. between s- several seasons. Um, oh, like okay. um, season one and two, we got Moff Gideon, and mm-hmm. season three, we're starting off with like a lot of character development, a lot of you know uh, bonding, um, a lot of you know redemption and things like that. So I'm I'm loving that. Um, and if we get teased with um with a big bad towards the end of this season, mm-hmm. moving on to season four, um, I I'm great with that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think there sh- needs to be a conflict. I I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I kind of crave it at this point. <laughs> um, I think my brain is kind of wired yeah. that way where like, I feel like not a whole lot is going on, even though there are, you know, there's character development going on. There's, you know, uh, missions that they've gone on. But I, I feel like there is a big bad that needs to be had um, eventually. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. just me. That's just me. Mm-hmm. No, I I like that perspective. I I think it almost feels like they're using this season kind of to set up like Bo-Katan's redemption redemption arc to maybe like becoming the uh, I know the leader of the Mandalorians collect- collectively, like she's wanted to be. So mm-hmm. uh, I think rather than building towards like you know like an antagonistic showdown, like you know like a like just a one-off showdown with the big villain of the season like they're building more towards highlighting the mandalorians coming together and then bo-katan becoming like a rightful like you know like ruler who follows the creed of like you know the older mandalorians that she's thrown like that she's like disregarded for so long no i'm great with that 
Yeah. I, and I love that um, for her. And I love to see, you know, that development in her. Um, but yeah, um, I, I just think uh, a big bad for at least season four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess yeah. after they've established where Bo-Katan is and where she's going to be. But I, I, hopefully by the end of this season, we get that. Um, and mm-hmm. they don't really drag their feet with that. But um, by the end of this season, um, I want to see, you know, where she is. And that's, you know, that's her position. And then moving on, you know, uh, let's let's get this conflict going. You know, mm-hmm. that's just me. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Austin, do you have any lingering questions or thoughts you want to rattle off? Because. Um, I mean, I, of course, I think I talked pretty heavily last week with like where my theories are going. I feel like if, because apparently all these shows, like, if, again, it's up in the air, whether we're going to mm-hmm. get a second season of Book of Boba Fett, but yeah, Mando, Ahsoka, this upcoming skeleton crew show coming out, they're all supposed to apparently like intertwine to like a mm-hmm. big event later on yes so of course my theories have been i think if thrawn is and ends up being our big villain because mm-hmm. um, he's very familiar with like he's very tactical like he can think of like tactics to defeat his enemies very quickly so i feel like if that is him who is you know sending all of the tie fighters and everything after mm-hmm. bow if he gets a hold of the dark saber, he'll have Imperials. He will have Mandalorians behind him. I mean, the, the, the guy won't be able to be stopped, but I guess my, if you guys could pick, Oh, interesting. For, I guess for what, you know, like whether it's leading into the sequel trilogy or somebody you just would like to see who could you guys see besides Thrawn being the big bad. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. I honestly, I honestly think not to like give a cop out answer, but I honestly uh, would point back to Moff Gideon. Right, because like it's clear that Moff Gideon is very manipulative, controlling, and calculating. Maybe not on the scale of Thrawn, but he is still like you know we see in season two that he clearly understands enough about Mandalorian culture to call out you know and kind of like you know joke about it to um uh, you know to Bo-Katan's lament. So I could see Moff Gideon potentially being like kind of re-emerging as the big bad. And Elia Kane potentially working behind the scenes to free him or something. Cause I think it's interesting in episode three that she mind flays Dr. Pershing. So she either A has drank the Kool-Aid and is, you know, part of the part of Coruscant, Coruscant, or she is working to serve someone like, I don't know, still working to serve the uh Empire. So I'm gonna go Moff Gideon if it's not the wrong. I'm not sure that I have a strong answer for that, mm-hmm. but I just hope when 
um, the big bad is revealed that um, it's someone that's cunning, someone that mm-hmm. is manipulative, someone who really gets my blood boiling mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of has a, a chokehold on all mm-hmm. of these protagonists, you know, and kind of much like uh, someone like, um, why am I, the, the <laughs> end game. Uh, Thanos. Thanos. Uh, Thanos. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much oh, like wow. Thanos. How did I forget Thanos' name? Uh, mind fart, brain fart. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, much like Thanos, uh, someone that is that we can kind of relate to as well. Somebody who has a kind of oh. a relatable and understandable uh, motive. Well, uh, I think that's I'm, what we got with um. Uh, that's what we got with uh. Dr. Pershing's character, right, is kind of this rational, relatable person who literally thought they were doing the right thing. And Bill Burr's character, Mayfield, yeah. right, like people who thought they were not necessarily on the right side of history. Well, yeah, the right side of history. They thought they were doing the right thing for the right people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they literally had to find out and be confronted with the fact that they were doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But I think on the Thanos level, it's like they're clearly, clearly doing something evil. Yeah, but yeah. you but, still well, understand. Well, where but from. but yeah, you understand where they're coming from. That's the thing. And I I've heard several folks saying I kind of don't think Thanos is that wrong. And I'm like, what? But then also I'm like, you know, you kind of have a point, but I don't want you to have a point. Well, that's <laughs> like the same. Okay, I don't know, AJ, if you want. Austin, I apologize. I know so many of my conversations reference anime. But I'm going That's to. Fine, man. I, I like anime. Go ahead, AJ. I don't know how much anime you watch, but I think the same people who justify, like you know, like Thanos, also or like mm-hmm. like Attack on Titan, like you know, just by like Aaron Yeager, whose mm-hmm. plan is literally to like wipe out, I know, like eighty percent of the world's population. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I, I hate to say it, but it's like I, you've got a track record, like you, you kind of. Got- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You kind of have the reports. You kind of know, like, Aaron can see the future, and Thanos has, like, tons of planets behind him that this has worked on. So it's like, I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm just saying he kind of got the right answers. You you got a point there. (laughs) That's kind of how you, you know. But um, I do love Attack on Titan. I'm not completely caught up, but, yeah, I I like Attack on Titan a lot. I think I'm getting tired of, like, rational villains, though. I think I like because I think that's what I found refreshing really? about Moff Gideon. I, I, that sounds bad, but <laughs> I think that's what I found refreshing about Moff Gideon is it was clear he was evil. It was clear he was serving someone. It was clear he was serving the Empire, mm-hmm. but you didn't get that sense of good. He was like lawful evil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we're using like D and D terms, mm-hmm. so it felt like yeah, he's evil, but he's got a reason for it. Like not mm-hmm. not like a wholesome reason, but you know he is evil he's a bad guy okay i can see that nice i unfortunately agree with thanos a little more every single day (laughs) (laughs) just saying oh man um i just i just drive i just drive to work and i'm just like (laughs) what if what if what if <laughs> I sometimes do that, man. If I got some road rage and the wife's with me, they're just. Oh, man. Yeah, I think. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point about the bill. I, I could go either way. I think that's why I like all things considered with the news recently, but I think that's why I like Kang as a villain in the MCU is because, and Dr. Doom, I'll even say Dr. Doom in the MCU is because they do have a, they are evil, terrible people, but in their mind's eye, what they're trying to accomplish is literally the only way they see things to be like good. Like Dr. Doom sees that the only world that he can create effectively is by him controlling everything. And, I think like Thrawn's kind of the same, right? Is he views the empire as the ultimate end all be all. So he is willing to undercut people. He's willing to do whatever it takes, like corrupt people, use them, learn what makes them tick. So I like that kind of evil or I want to see more of that evil, but I also want star killer in the main Jedi canon. I mean, uh, star Wars canon. So I don't know. Very little chance. Seriously, especially especially how Mandalorian has been going. All right, guys, I'm going to say, do we have any last thoughts, ideas? What are we thinking before we kind of go into our ratings and put a pretty little bow on things? I think oh. I... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think I, I said everything that um, I felt about this episode. Um I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So. Mm -hmm. I I hope things start to pick up a little bit more for me personally. I mean, again, mm -hmm. I I didn't hate this episode. It's mm -hmm. not Frog Lady level episode, but <laughs> I gotta say that every single episode. Everybody hates that episode. Why? Why <laughs> everybody hate that episode so much? What, wait, wait, wait. What did you? What did you give that episode? Like what? Out of ten, I, I probably give... gave it like a three and a half out of five. <laughs> Out of five, it's about a three. Oh, out of five. oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's like terrible. One terrible. Everybody's like, ah, one out of five, half mm -hmm. star. Oh. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not that low. I, yeah, no. I, I still give the show, I still give the episode like a six out of ten. It's still, yeah, it has see? enjoyable moments, but it's not like mm -hmm. the worst thing ever. I mean, I don't yeah. think, I don't think like any episode of like Mandalorian across three seasons has been like below Terrible. a six or a 6.5 for me. Yeah. It's still like right. just overall been a great series, mm -hmm. but I, I do hope that I'm hoping at least the next two episodes kind of start shifting us into the direction we're going to go. Cause obviously mm -hmm. I, I want to know, and there's still from the first trailer we got of the Mandalorian, there's still one sequence in that whole thing we have yet to see and get, and that's the Mandalorians jumping down onto Navarro. From yeah, ship. so that's the only thing we haven't seen yet. So, I mean, I oh. think there's there's a lot of footwork that's being, you know, like a lot of foundation that's being set, right? Like, I think that's what they're doing with these first four episodes. We've been to Navarro, we've been to Tatooine, we've been to Coruscant, we've been to well, Mandalore, but mm -hmm. it, I mean, there's a we've even seen space pirates, we've seen whoever attacked Bo Katan. There's a lot of groundwork being laid, so. I am still holding out that hope for whatever comes next. So I think there's going to be a great payoff. Yeah. I surely hope so. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, to tie things up, I want to ask if you had to give this episode a rating one out of 10, where would you land? Awesome. Oh, I get to go first. <laughs> yeah, oh, you get to go first. Okay. You get to go okay. first. Marone okay. under the bus. Wow. Uh. Uh, 
I mean, I, I would still, I would say probably, I'd still say at least a seven. I, I do yeah. think. I think that's fair. I'm not mad. I, at that. I, I do yeah. think again with what we get with Grogu finally figuring out who saved him and stuff, and the curiosity of where that adventure is going to go, I, I would be enjoyed. I, I did like the beginning, the one little cute thing we never really talked about a lot of oh, yeah. with the, uh, with uh, the training at the beginning with. Ragnar, that's his yeah, name. That was, Ragnar. Yeah, that was yeah, Ragnar Visla. Stupid name, but <laughs> Ragnar's, it's like a, Ragnar's like a Viking name. That's kind of sick. I mean, it's that it seems yeah. more like something that should be in like like a D and D kind of thing. Okay, that's fair. But uh, the little training thing at the beginning was adorable. I, I mm-hmm. loved it. I loved seeing. I like this little relationship we're getting between Grogu and Bo-Katan. I, I hope we mm-hmm. get to see that go farther get a little more flushed out yeah uh i'm hoping we get more din i want to see him be still more you know be the din that i love so much about the show but mm-hmm. just i just want to see where it's gonna go I, I hope it it pays off at the end so yeah seven seven out of ten for me i respect that i'm uh i'm gonna give it an eight or an 8.5 actually yeah yeah, I'll say eight point five. <laughs> I wanted to say nine, but after hearing y'all's opinions, I and really thinking about it, I think eight point five is fair. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that it was a short episode. I loved the character development and like interactions we got and seeing more of Grogu's past. But uh, uh, Austin, I've said this a lot for this season. I really need to see where it's going because unlike previous seasons, it feels like each episode is building towards something bigger. So I need to see the full package before I can like really go back and adequately like rate these up, re rank these episodes. Yeah. So I, I can, I, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could definitely agree with that. Um, but as of now, mm-hmm. um, my score for this episode is going to be a solid eight. Okay. Um, I had fun with it. It did mm-hmm. feel a little filler, but mm-hmm. I felt like the runtime, um, it, it, um, was adequate for, you know, what it, it was for what it was trying to tell. Um, I'm intrigued with um, the flashbacks with Grogu and things like that. So solid eight. Um, And like you said, Andrew, once this season is over, I Mm -hmm. might have to go back and reevaluate each episode and Mm -hmm. see how they played into the grand scheme of things. Yes. Uh, Because right now we just don't know. (laughs) We don't know Mm -hmm. where we're going and it's a little frustrating but also kind of keeps me a little intrigued as well. So, you know, well, I think, I think it's just that these two, this season has been less anthological, you know, like has like less been like the previous two seasons were a little bit more episodic, right? Like mm-hmm. you get character development, but it's also like slightly like it doesn't build into something as big as like this season seems to be. So I think this is a shift from what we're used to in the previous two seasons. So uh, true hard to rate things piece by piece mm-hmm. agreed all right any other final thoughts y'all or shout outs you got aj what do you got coming up on your youtube channel well um 
I am a part a, of a, a team um, on Alex Thomas's YouTube channel called Nerd Talk. And okay. we also talk Mandalorian. We also talk, um, there's a show we watch called Bel Air. Um, we'll uh, talk yeah. about that. Uh, tonight we have a show at 8 p.m. And we're going to be talking about those two shows and also John Wick Chapter 4. So, um, yeah, that's. Uh, what we have going over at Nerd Talk. Um, on my personal channel, I have a series that I'm doing um, called Into the Channelverse, where I sit down with different YouTubers and people on the platform and talk about their favorite movies, what they do on the platform, and kind of just a big plug for them. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you are interested in that, um, come check out my channel over at AJ Reacts 2. Thank you. Awesome. AJ, we love to hear that. And Austin, do you have anything coming up? I see that you've got something coming up on April 5th, I think. So I originally, it was planned for this upcoming Wednesday. Unfortunately, okay. due to scheduling issues, I have to schedule it for next week. But uh, I will be interviewing the motion capture and voice actor for the Duke from Resident Evil Village, wow. Aaron LaPlante. Okay. So, uh, all right, all right. It's pretty exciting. This will be my third person I've talked to from the Resident Evil franchise. I have talked to Nicole Tompkins, who plays mm -hmm. Jill Valentine from the Resident Evil 3 remake. Mm -hmm. And I also talked to Sarah Coates, who plays Marguerite Baker, easily the most terrifying villain in all of Resident <laughs> Evil, in my personal opinion, and the most traumatizing from Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. So, guess can go and check those out and just stay tuned for that other than that uh nothing really coming up yet um i talked with my buddy kyle last week or the week before and uh aj i hope we're still gonna do it but we'll still be doing the evil dead review series leading up to the evil dead rise coming out here in a couple of weeks i'm so excited for that <laughs> Boy, we'll be doing the original Sam Raimi trilogy. We'll be doing the 2013, I'm calling it Reboot. I know some people are calling it a remake. I call it a reboot. All right. And Ash versus Evil Dead. So I'll be doing that with Kyle Curtis Flett from the, uh, I don't remember what his channel's name's called. It's like Flett's <laughs> Pop Culture and Entertainment. All right. He, he changed, like he changed Something it. like that. Something. Yeah. And then AJ will also be joining us, and hopefully we'll get to do a big yes, podcast talk about the series and all that so i love that's, it that's all i got coming up here i was just about to ask if you had any horror movie content coming up so that is awesome mm -hmm. all right y'all thanks so much for tuning in today to the talk Lorian episode four of season three i want to thank my co-host austin and our guest aj and uh, as a reminder aj we can find you at aj reacts too Yes, AJ Reacts 2, all across the board. Every platform I have, you can find me at AJ Reacts 2, all one word. Got it on lock. And I'm King's Comic. And Austin, where can we find you at? Uh, right, right here on my YouTube channel, SPC Bird. That's right. <laughs> well, it's been a good time. And guys, we'll be talking to you again real soon. <laughs>